Hi, I'm Nicole Doily, and welcome to Let's Talk, Conversations on Race. You can subscribe to Let's Talk on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Radio Public, and several other platforms. Since the death of George Floyd, there has been a tremendous amount of racial unrest in our country, and really around the world. And many are genuinely asking, perhaps for the first time, how did we get here? Yet, we find race very difficult to talk about. We're afraid of stepping on toes, of saying the wrong thing, of making a terrible mistake without even realizing it. We assume things we're afraid to admit, and we have questions we're afraid to ask. And so, I'm hoping to create a safe space for conversation. I'm putting some thoughts out there for reflection and consideration, and I'm hoping that as we chew on these topics, we'll all come to a greater understanding. Now, let's talk. I've always been an advocate of Black History Month. I mean, I've written articles defending it, explaining why we still need it. But I've changed my mind. The Black writer William Wells Brown was an escaped slave who sailed to Europe in 1849, and he lectured extensively about the evils of slavery. He was received warmly in Paris, and then he found himself in London, and he wrote about something he witnessed in Trafalgar Square. As he stood looking at the statue of Lord Nelson, he noticed at the base of the statue a bronze relief of soldiers who fought alongside Nelson in the famous Battle of Trafalgar. Among the soldiers is a man who is clearly African, with musket in hand, bravely fighting with the white soldiers. He was a Negro, Wells writes, a man represented in his proper place by the side of Lord Nelson, also fighting. He compares this statue to similar monuments in the United States, and remembers looking at a monument erected to the memory of the men who fell during a famous revolutionary battle in Griswold, Connecticut. On that monument, he saw the names of two Africans who fought and died. And yet these two names were separated with the line from the names of white soldiers. I was grieved but not surprised, he writes, to find their names colonized off and a line drawn between them and the whites. This was in keeping with American historical injustice to its colored heroes. I've been thinking about that. The names of the black soldiers separated from the white soldiers. Why not just list all the soldiers together? Why the need to separate black achievement from white achievement? Why celebrate black heroism separately from white heroism? Why always the need for segregation? And then I realized that this is what we do every year during Black History Month. For eight months, kids in school learn primarily about famous white people. 
And then schools use the month of February to teach about a few famous black people. And it's usually the same few, Harriet Tubman, Frederick Douglass, Martin Luther King Jr. Why not just celebrate black people all year long? And at the same time, teachers teach about famous white people. And then teach about these three, Tubman, Douglas, and, and King, absolutely, but include some of the thousands more. For example, in American literature, include Toni Morrison, James Baldwin, Langston Hughes, Maya Angelou, Richard White, Ralph Ellison. In history, talk about Francis Harper, Sojourner Truth, James Fortin, Mary Fields, Medgar Evans, Claudette Coven, Bessie Coleman. In science, talk about the contributions of Henry Sampson, Granville Woods, Lloyd's Hall, Lloyd Hall, Dr. Charles Drew. Kids and adults need to know that the achievements of black people is nothing less than miraculous. In 1900, no black person could have authority over whites or fight alongside them in the military or play professional baseball. The black people were routinely lynched and separate but equal was the law of the land. But by the 21st century, a hundred years later, we cannot imagine America without the contributions of black people. What would America be without Duke Ellington, Billie Holiday, John Coltrane? There would be no jazz, no blues, no rock and roll. What if no Ralph Ellison, James Baldwin, or Toni Morrison, no Thurgood Marshall or Martin Luther King Jr. Black culture constitutes an essential element of American culture, not just a cursory afterthought. Henry Louis Gates Jr. wrote, American life is inconceivable without its Black presence. The sheer intelligence and imagination of African-Americans have disproportionately shaped American culture, produced wealth in American economy, and refined notions of freedom and equality in American politics, he said. If we weave talented Black people into the narrative right when we're talking about talented white people, this will hope, hopefully accomplish two very long overdue things. First, the term all American will finally signify people of color as well as white people. Right now, when somebody says, for example, he was an all American football player, most people envision a white athlete, <laughs> even though 70% of the NFL is black. And second, the sometimes conscious and sometimes subconscious assumption that it was primarily white people who made America great will finally begin to dissipate. Kids will learn about a diverse array of famous black people from the time they enter kindergarten. And in their minds, when they envision smart, exceptional Americans, they will see in their mind's eye a diverse, colorful collage of faces. Of course, we shouldn't cancel Black History Month yet until textbooks are rewritten and, and curricula updated. 
Most of America's teachers are white, and these white teachers themselves have to become better educated about the contributions of non-white people. So let's keep Black History Month until that happens. But let's hasten the day that Black people are included in, quote, mainstream American history. Because, well, Black people are mainstream Americans. It is ironic that as various statues are being removed, one of the statues under scrutiny is that very statue of Lord Nelson, which William Wells Brown lauded. You see, Lord Nelson vigorously defended slavery, and the African at the base of his statue is no doubt a slave. And so many in England want it removed to a museum and something more noble erected in its place. Whether this statue should be removed is for England to figure out. We've got our own statues to worry about. But I think the fact that an African face is included with and not separated from the white faces was something the sculptor got right. Hi, this is Nicole Doily. Join us next time for Let's Talk Conversations on Race. Remember to subscribe and look for me on NicoleDoily.com.